listening to you're listening to Bunny Radio. Ravi, if you don't mind, say, uh, just can you be able to just tell us like uh, who you are and all of that good stuff about you? Just your background in in a lot of things. Sure. Um, I grew up in India and uh, spent about 25 years in the U.S. and in the U.K. Um, and uh, my first career was in the financial world. Um, I actually used to be um, an investor, fund manager. Oh, wow. But, um, around <laughs> <laughs> so around 2010, I started having this epiphany that uh, what I really wanted to do with my life was uh, to become a healer and uh, to be part of um, you know, the wellness community. And I started preparing for that, and in 2011, I uh, full-time went into that. Uh, my first book, All About Bacteria, came out just after that. Uh, basically, at that time, there were a lot of new discoveries coming in, uh, the, uh, in the microbiology, particularly our knowledge of bacteria, not just in the ecosystem, but inside our own bodies. Yeah, think of it like uh, until, until about 1400 uh, or so, you had um, people would look up at the sky and they would they could count around 3,000 stars, and that's what people thought there were in the universe. Yes. And then when Galileo invented the telescope, he just uh, you know and he looked at the sky and he went, "Oops!" <laughs> it opened up everybody's eyes a little bit more, right? <laughs> That's when we realized that the, the, the stars are far more than 3,000. It's the same thing with the, the human body. Until just about a decade ago, we thought there were only about 1,500 species of, of bacteria that live inside the body or on the body. Now we know something completely different because of genetic sequencing. We were able to discover that the number of species of bacteria are huge there are probably around 1200 and you're just in your belly button mm. and uh, then the absolutely and, and there's about 450 between your forearm and your elbow and once you get into the gut on the inside uh, it's just teeming with life and uh, we had to completely reassess what bacteria mean to the human body with this new information and it turns out that there are about 100 trillion cells that make up each of us and only 10 percent 10 trillion are human cells, the other 90% are bacterial cells. So we are actually a living, walking, breathing pond. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so the you, moment you, you know, realize you're a walking pond. So here's what's interesting. I'm listening to you and I've, I've heard some of your great TED Talks and, and you do such a great job of mixing up uh, factual information, which, you know, some people may found at times and say, well, this is pretty dry. This is bacteria talk. But you mix it up with a good um, way for us to relate to it. There was one time where you talked about, um, you know, bull crap. I won't use the bad word, but it was a good way of transitioning. So I want to talk about a transition. As Cooley mentioned, our show is Diaspora. And I heard you say you spent about, was it 25 years in the United States? Is that yeah, correct? In London. Between and in London. London. That's right. So born and raised in India, though, correct? Yes, born and raised in India, and now I'm back there. Now, tell me, because, you know, as we look at the term diaspora and we've explained it to our listeners, um, you know, these folks that leave their countries of origin, go to another country. I've been in America for almost 22 years. 
And obviously you had an epiphany, a moment where you said, wait a minute, I have a greater calling. You went from taking care of people's financial health to saying, I want to take care of their body and, 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 and their mental health and physical health. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that transition phase? Because I can only imagine it must have been scary to be in the financial industry. You're comfortable financially. And then you take this big leap of faith. Um, can you just take us because I, I, I want us to dive deep into the bacteria talk and so forth. But I just would like to hear and get some inspiration from that. What was that decision like? And walk us through that process a little bit as you make your way home and, and start on this new journey. And all of a sudden you got a book. I'm sure it didn't happen that easy, but talk us, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, I had uh, the good fortune of having two children, uh, one in 2007, the other one in 2009. So I think what happens when you have children is you become much more rooted to the planet, you know, much more grounded. Because suddenly you're thinking about the future generations, you know, you're looking at these kids, what kind of a planet are we living on, what are we, what are we leaving them as a legacy? Mm-hmm. And these things become more important in the moment you, you have children. And uh, the other thing was, uh, my, you know, my parents uh, are in India and... Uh, uh, you know, I, I left in 1989, so I was gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I just had to take a call on where I was going to bring up my children and then also uh, what I would do the moment I had this, this epiphany regarding sustainability. And, uh, you know, as a fund manager, you have a responsibility to buy whatever is good for the client's investment portfolio, whether it is a uh, you know, big bad sugar companies or uh, yes. tobacco or you know, firearms or whatever it is. But then... The moment you, you know, switch out of that, you know, you, and you start thinking about it in terms of, you know, my goal is not to maximize the, the financial return of my investors. I'm now going to think about what will maximize my own utility, my own sense of yes. personal uh, sort of responsibility to the planet and to myself. That's when I just started thinking about things from the ground up, and um, and all about bacteria just happened because of that. Uh, I just saw that there was a huge gap in understanding between what was true about the human body and our relationship to bugs and what was out there in the in the in the in the media and in the popular literature you know that bugs are something to be killed that they shouldn't be inside you uh, I mean these are all like really bad information you know if when you think about it though whatever is good for the environment in terms of biodiversity. And if you think mm-hmm. about an ocean or an Amazon rainforest, mm-hmm. the more the biodiversity we know, the better it is. So obviously what is good at the macro on the environment is also good in the micro, which is inside our own bodies. We are just a reflection of the environment. So the same biodiversity, which is great uh, for the environment, is also good for us inside our bodies. And then as I did some more research, I realized it's astounding because people with the highest amount of biodiversity in their guts are actually uh, Africans. Mm. And that's because thank you. That's us. Wow. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's because pretty much uh, still, you know, fairly traditional communities and food. Although you know things are, are changing, and I would necessarily say always for the better. Uh, and the people with the least amount of biodiversity in their guts are actually Americans, mm. and it is not surprising that the United States has a, among the highest rates of obesity in the world because this is what happens you know, when you use things like antibiotics unnecessarily yeah. um, you, you end up with, uh, with, with, uh, with huge problems in fact it may surprise our audience to find out that 
more than 90% of the antibiotics produced worldwide are used by the poultry and by the dairy industry to fatten animals. And then we consume them right after that. <laughs> then we eat. Exactly. My and God. If, and if we're using antibiotics to fatten animals, what do you think happens to us if we take antibiotics? We're going to get fat just like those animals. <laughs> which is so tough, which is so tough because if you look at it, and it is interesting because I look at, at children, I look at my kids here in, in the U.S., and I look at how they are growing and I compare to what I look like at their age. I mean, I, I feel like I didn't hit my peak as, a, as an adult until I was well into my 20s. And, you know, I still had that African food and my, my family tried to really keep that going once we moved here but eventually you succumb to the, your environment and you know you you use the i think of things like sanitizer what are your thoughts on something as simple as that do we over sanitize you know i think of in the vehicle i have sanitizer in both cars are we doing ourselves a disservice absolutely sanitizers for me are the worst you know what, what we should realize is that when you're standing in the kitchen the filthiest thing in the room is actually you. <laughs> not, not <laughs> Don't tell that to my kids. Don't use that against me. <laughs> you know, these things are so important because uh, the habits matter. Uh, they've done studies on, for example, very healthy Japanese people uh, who then move to an intermediate point, say Hawaii, which is halfway between Japan and the United States. And in the next generation, the Hawaiian, you know, uh, Japanese American kids have about uh, you know, significantly worse health outcomes. And then they've also seen people who then move from Hawaii to the mainland United States, and and then it gets much much worse after that when mm -hmm. they do that. So you just see that it's not so much nature. You know, people always blame their genes when they are not um, mm -hmm. well or they're getting some uh, some diabetes or uh, you know some other illness. That is chronic, and but the reality is that we know that it is not about the genetics as much as it is about the nurture, about your food habits, and what you're putting inside your body and how you're living. Hmm. So you can have perfectly healthy grandparents, and then in one or two generations at most, you can end up with a very poor health outcomes. Check out Umbani Radio podcasts on TuneIn, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music.